Flipside Heavy episode 18. I'm coming back with my boy Corey Latandre. He's returning for yet another episode. Today we're going to talk little NHL headlines and then go over a couple big moves in the NFL. Or I guess just just one, really. But The other one's brewing. Yeah, <laughs> the other one is brewing. And then obviously the upcoming Super Bowl this Sunday. So, Corey, how are you doing? Thank you for joining me once again. Happy to be back on the pod guest appearance number three. I think it might be the record. I don't know. If it's not, it should be. You have me on every week until I reach that plateau. I'll get a gold jacket or a green one because that kind of goes more with the logo. But yeah, that's you know, the things are going good. You can't really take the master's am, uh, jacket. Yeah, sure you can. Fuck it. Yeah, I'll just yeah. send him an email. <laughs> like, this is mine. Now. Yeah, I'm Shooter McGavin, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, things are good. I'm at school today. You know, we're editing some news stories that we're doing. It's very yeah. exciting. This so B- this week, you know. So BCIT is open? It is open, sort of, kind of. We're, uh, our broadcast building is open. Um, we can come in. We've got, like, sectioned off places and stuff like that you're only kind of supposed to go in the zone with the rotation you're on so i'm in tv this week so i had to go out and film a story yesterday today i'm editing it all down tomorrow we're doing the show thursday it goes out Sweet. boom 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 it's it's all it's a quick turnaround yeah because i'm starting uh radio arts in september so mm-hmm. i'm just kind of seeing like all right like i don't know what to expect i don't know how it's going to work like i don't know so I'm just yeah. I don't know the on that. I don't know the full extent for the radio kids, but I know that there are some here sometimes just down the hall from where I am in the booths, running the radio like our whole station that we got set up here, Evolution 107.9 FM. Uh, oh. That's that's what you'll be doing if not next year, definitely the year after. I don't know if they let the first year newbies in the room too much to broadcast <laughs> live. The freshmen. Mm-hmm. Fresh meat, baby. Or just like, yeah, so uh, you're going to be doing this radio stint. Um, about 45 minutes, you're just going to go on and just kind of fill in some empty space. Okay, and they're just not going to press record, and I'm just going to be talking to myself. <laughs> just Prank. You're, doing, you're doing great, bud. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Prank. Yeah, look just... at this loser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or they're just going to do it, but put, like, dub my voice kind of, so it's like mm-hmm. a little squeaky. Yeah. Like this little mouse, yeah. this little mouse man. <laughs> So um, to get to some NHL headlines, there is one that broke pretty big. Uh, Tony D'Angelo of the New York Rangers went on waivers after an altercation with a teammate. See, as skilled as this player is, he has like 60 points or like 85 points in a number of games, but this is his third team that he got ridden of. But I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, he got the boot by it. This is now his third team. And there's some confusion with uh, Gorgiev and D'Angelo behind the net in overtime of, between the Penguins and Rangers. D'Angelo, like, Georgiev turned it over. And then about a minute later, Crosby ended up scoring. And D'Angelo said a sarcastic comment to him, like, kind of passing by him. And he didn't take that too lightly. So then Gorgiev socked him like punched him and stuff 
And then a bunch of players got in, broke it up, and the guy was like, yeah, this is your last straw, and D'Angelo's now out. So he didn't get picked up after being waived, but you do some research on it. You kind of, how do you feel about the situation? What I think is funny is not the right word. It's not like, haha, funny, but it's like the NHL has forcibly had to move from, if this was 10 years ago, a guy like Tony D'Angelo probably wouldn't have been waived, or if he was, he definitely would have been picked up, right? He's super talented. Like, he's not yeah. a great defenseman, but he puts up points on the back end, yeah, and that's he's, hard to find. Yeah, he's all off. He's all gas, no breaks. But he's exactly on, right. He's, on a, he's in a position where you need breaks, but he's all gas, yeah. no breaks. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, that's not the climate that we're in anymore, right? And that's yeah. a good thing. We want to kick assholes out of the public spotlight. Tony D'Angelo is an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, so this schmuck had problems in junior for being immature and disrespectful and racist comments all these things, issues throughout. So he gets drafted lower than he'd probably get drafted. It hurts his stock a bit. Still gets picked up because kids got the talent. People yeah. always give, you know, this guy's 15, 16, 17 years old. I said stupid things when I was that age. You said stupid things when you were that age. People are willing to give kids the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Even though, like, he apologizes, but it doesn't really seem super genuine. People are like, screw it. He's talented. I want to win a cup. So they yeah. draft this kid has problems first team gets traded has problems gets traded and then it's like he plays really well for the rangers last year crushes it i know in my fantasy hockey league man it's like a dynasty and i was like oh i gotta try and get tony d yeah and i was like because i want to win and then it's just like he there was all that stuff with keandre miller where yeah. he was like saying like just off color remarks and you're like He's posting all this shit on Twitter and he's like yeah. this super right-leaning bigot. And you're like, it boil it's like, I'm so glad he got waived. Yeah. Because not only is it the right thing to do, which is nice to see from an organization that they're finally like an NHL team is gonna put their foot down and be like, no, like we are not gonna tolerate this yeah. cancer in our room anymore. I don't care how talented you are. You could be Sidney Crosby and like this kind of behavior no longer flies as much. You get like, go to the exactly. K baby. And then it's just, oh, man, just sweet, sweet justice. When you see an idiot like that, you're like, you have all the talent in the world and you can't learn to just shut your mouth. Yeah. Like, like it's a if, privilege if, to play in the NHL. It's a privilege. Exactly. Like, like you are part, playing a game. Yeah. He's part of the less than 1% who make it to the NHL. And he mm. just doesn't know how to, act mature or be a half decent teammate you can like have a right. ongoing grudge with the teammate that's normal but just mm -hmm. if you just keep your mouth shut and maybe tone it down on twitter you're again you're almost guaranteed a roster because he has the talent that's the thing like if so, he like okay so i think we can all agree tony d'angelo is a piece of shit right like he's not a good guy there's no way around it if yeah. you've been moved up all your teammates hate you like there's just no way. It's like, you're not a good dude. You can be not a good dude and play in the NHL. If you just like tone it down, you just don't say stupid stuff in the public yeah. eye all the time. 
keep your opinions to yourself, you hateful bigot of a man, and yeah. just shut up, have your secret beliefs. You could have a long and successful NHL career. Yeah. But this moron can't tone it down enough that he's not out there spewing all this garbage constantly. And that seems like not your wave. See you later. Now you're in the minors. I don't see, like, maybe he comes out with some apology and it's like, oh, I'm a changed man. And I doubt it'll be sincere. Maybe. Yeah. You never know. I'm not going to deny the human yeah, I doubt that. experience for growth, but I don't see it coming from Tony D'Angelo. No. So way. I hope this guy stays in the minors. I hope that his contract comes up or he leaves and he thinks he can go play in Europe somewhere where he's insignificant and no one pays attention to this loser for the rest of his life. Yeah. Because apparently there's teams interested in him, but he carries like a $4.8 million cap hit and he has another year after this year on it. So he has like mm-hmm. two more years and New York's going to have to retain it. Some of it. Cause if, I... no one, if no one picked him up for free or like without giving anyone up, then I doubt a lot of teams are going to want to trade for him because he's such a cancer in the room. Like he's That's the thing. extremely talented but is his character worth his cap hit? Mm-hmm. Not like, no, right now. Like if you a, take his cap hit yeah. on talent level alone, you're like, yeah, of course, I'd yeah. sign that deal. You maybe aren't a great like. We'll just pair you with a defensive minded guy. You can go yeah. pinch. But yeah, a team. Even if his like contract was two million dollars a year, I don't think right now I'd have been surprised to see a team claim him on waivers, just because it's a bad look. Yeah. It's a bad look for your organization, especially in the climate that we've shifted into where people now care. People care what you say and like cancer don't culture, let it slide it's a, anymore. It's a thing. Yeah. Right. And sometimes it's unwarranted and sometimes like right now, completely warranted. You're like, yeah, yeah 100%. finally glad your comeuppance have hit you in the face. You maroon. Yeah. Just, uh, good riddance to bad rubbish. And I'm happy that I- Gorgiev didn't just take it and then like throw him under the bus in the media or just mm-hmm. say stuff over social media. I'm happy that he took matters into his own hands and just let D'Angelo eat his fist. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm happy he did something about it. And I think Keandre Miller, the guy who took D'Angelo's spot, broke up the fight. <laughs> yeah. So, hey guys, we're better than this. Yeah. Like we don't deserve you, Kadri. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, it's going to be curious to see how it shapes out. And, yeah, I just I don't know how it's going to work out. I heard from Elliot Friedman on his podcast that he does with Jeff Merrick, 31 mm-hmm. Thoughts, that if he, – so he's 25 years old. If you're under the age of 26, you can be bought out for a third of your cap hit. Mm-hmm. But when you're t- 26 and up, it's two-thirds. Okay, like when you so, hit that unrestricted free agent period. Yeah, well... Um, like yeah. when you're old enough to hit a certain thing. Yeah. yeah, so he fits that mold where he can be bought out for one-third. So you're paying less money of his contract to get mm-hmm. rid of him. And then that means like his con. I think his contract would be... Like he'd be a free agent and he can... What you would have to do is because i don't think there's a buyout window right now yeah like you either have to stick it out ride it out for the year and when the buyout 
option comes up in the offseason, you can look at it. Or a team can, with a player, place them on um, unconditional waivers, is what it's called, yeah. and essentially um, can like void out the deal. Yeah. And like get rid of a guy like that. But who knows what they'll do if the Rangers are just going to let him sit in the minors or if they just want him just flat out of the organization as fast as they can. Yeah. Because he's the management said that they're not, he's not playing another game for the Rangers. So it's just a matter yeah. of where he's going to play next, which also makes me really mad. Dude, you're on the Rangers. That's one of the like biggest markets in the NHL. Yep. You're in New York. Maybe the biggest market. You're in a great city. You're in an awesome situation on a team that is expected in the next couple of years I, to be contending. Team. And like you if you just, just like, be half, like half a decent person. Mm-hmm. Or pretend to be. Yeah. Bring, yeah, your, just, bring your problems home and rant to a, a wall and then go to the yeah. rink and be like, yeah, just pretend. Yeah. But you're on a team that's expected to be good. You just got the number one pick. You have Zibanejad, you have Panarin. You have two mm-hmm. good up-and-coming goalies. Like, yo, he took his situation he had for granted. He's making good money at nearly $5 million a year. Mm-hmm. It's just like, man, what I would That's do to be happens. in his position, what I would do to be in his position, I would do anything. And he's just, he can't keep his mouth shut and he can't stop typing questionable things on Twitter. And it's just, dude, you're throwing this away and it's so annoying to see that's the problem when someone is stupid right because you i've seen his tweets and stuff guy's a moron so when you're stupid and you're ignorant he doesn't see what he's doing that's like oh i don't understand everyone's just a bunch of pussies yeah fucking what up like just you sir just get out of everyone's life i hope I hope that one day we wake up and no one knows who you are. <laughs> you've just mm. you've Thanos snapped into dust. See you later, Tony. You did you you had your time and you you blew it. Yeah, Tony D'Angelo, no. <laughs> no, yeah, it's so annoying. He blew it, and whatever happens, happens. But yeah, it's gonna be tough to. Because when managers usually sign a player, they try to get the players, or at least most of them that I know of, go to the players and be like, what would you guys think if we signed this guy? Because if you sign a questionable guy that no one likes, and what's the point in bringing it in if it's just going to impact think, your team negatively? So Yeah, I think with when most of the time, I don't think like your run-of-the-mill thing. But I think if a GM was going to want to bring him in, they're not going to talk to all the players, but they're going to talk to the coach, the owner, like and maybe like their captain, right? Yeah. So like the leadership of your players would be like, and I doubt anyone's going to be like, yeah, man, bring him in. Yeah, that's a great asset. It's not worth the headache. It's, yeah, it's, not. it's one of those situations that comes up in sports where like the guy has all the talent, but you're like, is he worth us bring it it was like teams that didn't want to bring antonio brown in yeah right because you're like look at this guy all the talent in the world but he's insane and he's a cancer in our room and we don't need that as much as like i make fun of the canucks all the time for like we bring in jay beagle because like he's good for the room (laughs) like that doesn't matter but 
it matters when someone's a piece of garbage because like 100%. that'll kill like it just causes fissures in your room and that's just not conducive to winning hockey yeah no i agree and yeah we'll see how it shapes out for him but moving but on someone else punches him in the face yeah <laughs> um moving on there's a couple trade requests uh not anything major but sam bennett and victor mete couple young players want moved out of their current rosters bennett wants out of calgary and mete wants out of montreal both players it's based just on them not being used enough and like sam bennett i think he wants more of a top six role or or like a, at least a top nine but i think he might be on the fourth line right now and victor metes and victor metes just a third line deep pairing kind of hoping I think Montreal was hoping for him to be like Romanov, but mm-hmm. Romanov's taken like such a big step so early on that they're just going to go with the hot hand right now. So I've seen some possibilities of Sam Bennett for Jake for mm-hmm. And I think it's just a situation of both players need a change of scenery. And I wouldn't hate the trade because Bennett has the physicality that I want from Vertanen because Sam Bennett will like fight someone and hit and play along the boards. Vertanen's just not like Vertanen has a very low IQ. And if you're going to have a low IQ, at least just go and hit. Be a bull. Yeah. Just be an absolute wrecking ball. But if you're not going to do that, then you're just, causing problems you're just wasting everybody's time yeah so i honestly would do the trade but um sam bennett isn't going to be a top six player on the canucks i feel like he might be a top nine like play on the third line with godette or McEwen, but Mm McEwen might go to the fourth line but we also had pod colson coming in so he might play on there's going to be some things going on when Paul Colson comes in. So I'd like yeah, Green wants to start him off easy yeah. and give him super sheltered minutes. Yeah. I'd love Bennett to come in because I think he'll just provide more uh, than Vertanen. But I just don't know if he's going to get a bigger opportunity than he is in Calgary. So I just don't know if the Canucks work out for him. Yeah, that's the thing, right? When you look and you're like, on face value, you look at Vertanen for Bennett. And you're like, I can see why both teams would make this trade. I think it's like very even trade. Right? Both guys yeah. are, they're disappointments, right? Both, Sam Bennett, I remember that uh, series against the Canucks a few years ago when he was like 18 or 19, like a rookie, and he was on fire. Yeah, yeah like, like wow, 18-year-old Sam yeah. Bennett. Can you believe it? You're like, yeah, okay. And then Jake was kind of struggling. And last year, everyone gets all hot and bothered because he's yeah. on pace for 20 goals. And you're like, there it is, shotgun Jake. And when Jake's motivated and he's on, he's an exciting guy to watch. He's north-south. He's fast. He's probably our fast. He's our fastest or second fastest skater kind of thing. Yeah. But you're right. Where do you play Jake for Tannen? He can't play with Pedersen because he's not smart enough to play with Pedersen in the hockey IQ sense. Yo. He doesn't have a defensive enough game for them to trust to put with Bo because Bo gets the tough matchups. They're like, okay, well, now it's our third and fourth line. Be like, well, 
Do you want to pay someone two and a half million dollars to be your fourth line right winger? No, we're already paying Jay Beagle three million to be our fourth line center. Yeah. <laughs> and then on your third line, it's like you try and Godet and Vertanen are both in no man's land. Yeah. Where it's just like, what are we, what, Travis Green, what do you want the third line to be? Do you want the third line to be a shutdown checking line and your fourth line is also a shutdown speed checking line? Is your yeah. third line a scoring line? Because with the guys we have right now, you don't know what is happening. You Usually you have like Roussel with Gaudette and somebody, and it's like, what's the identity? Yeah, There is none. So like pick a lane. So it's like, or Sutter's there. I could understand if Sutter's contract's up this year and if they don't like Gaudette in that 3C role and they're like, we want someone more defensive-minded maybe or as a fourth-line center and they're like, we like Sam Bennett for that. But that's why Sam Bennett wants out of Calgary, it seems, right? He's not getting used. He's not getting the opportunity. If you trade for him, maybe something sparks. You try him in your top six, right? You play him with Bo for a while or something yeah. and you see kind of like what you can get. But as it sits right now, you got Pearson there, who I think his contract's up after this year. Him and Sutter are the two yeah. deals that are done. So you like, yeah, maybe he goes there because they've tried Jake and it just seems like it's not going to click. They're roughly the same age. So it's like, if you want to swap them, they make the same amount of money, I think. It's just like, I yeah, I think Vertanen was the year after Bennett. Yeah. So, like, what? Bennett's 25 and Jake's 24, something yeah. like that, right? So might honestly be the same. You're getting essentially just you're trading problems. Yeah. So it's like maybe, maybe that's what each of them needs a kick in the pants. And I I would rather have Sam Bennett on this team at this point than Jake Bertanen because with Sam Bennett, you know what the floor is. You know what you're gonna get from him. You can he can be a gritty checking guy who can give you 10 goals, and you're like, okay. With Jake, you're like, I don't know where to play you. Yeah. So I'd be happy if the Canucks did it. Yeah, I watched Vertanen play with Patterson and Besser to start the year because Miller was on COVID. Yep. It was the hardest thing to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, he just – he looked lost out there. Patterson and Besser were like, bro, stop <laughs> dumping it in at the hash marks and just yeah. throwing it in the corners. Like, mm-hmm. he just – the thing with JT Miller is he brings patience and he knows where to be for Pedersen. Vertanen just didn't. He just yep. stayed on his side and just skated up and down. He would get the puck and just shoot it in. And Pedersen would be looking for a pass up the middle and he would just dump it off the boards. And just, I wanted, I was screaming at my TV watching him play. And I'm like, no. So when he got scratched and Godet came in, I saw more out of Gaudet in two shifts than any out of any of the first four or five games I saw from Vertanen. And I was like, keep Vertanen out of the lineup and play the guys that will actually do something. Because Gaudet's effective. He puts pressure. He works hard. He's good in the corners. He has a lethal shot. Like, he can score. And he's good at checking. Like, he just works harder than Vertanen. Vertanen, has, he has speed. He can hit. And he just doesn't use it. But he it. doesn't use it. Yeah. You're it's like, just, okay, yeah, great it's job. So annoying. And then everyone applauds him when he does a back check. Yeah. And you're like, we this is he was a he was a first round pick, guys. A top ten yeah. pick. We should be 
everyone's so i think like the market is so scared to trade him away because they're like oh, yeah. maybe he's the next cam neely and i'm like i he's not guys yeah he's never there's a four percent chance that he turns into like an elite power forward those guys are rare and it's rare yeah. to get a good power forward jake is like a he's an nhl player but he, he just, has everything you, know where you want to put in him. a player you just can't piece it together. Yeah, and he it's like he refuses to accept that he probably isn't going to be a top six player in yeah. the NHL, right? Like, he refuses to, like, round out his – like, he could just be – he could be Rafi Torres. Yeah. And the city would love him. He would have a defined role on the team. He'd be a guy that you can rely on to kind of get you 10 – 10 goals a year. If he hits 20, you're just jazzed about it. But he goes out there, he skates hard, he hits hard, and that's what you do. He's an energy guy. And he has all the physical tools to do it. But he, he won't. He doesn't do it. He won't. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, some guys, you just can't. It was like when uh, Tramkin was here, and they're trying out things with him. And you're like, he just won't play the way that you need him to play. Yeah. For him to be successful. And there's got littered across nhl history guys that couldn't stick in the league because they refused to change their their games like there's you think guys that play on the fourth line in the nhl thought when they were 10 years old or 15 years old playing junior junior a hockey that they're like i'm gonna be a fourth line grinder (laughs) of course not Everyone who plays in the NHL was at some point the best player on a team they played. Yeah. So it's like you need to realize when you get there and you make that jump, Jake needs to look and be like, look at Elias, Elias Pettersson. Look at Brock Besser. Look at Bo Horvat. You're not them. Yeah. You just don't have all the things to make it work, to make that fit, to be those guys. And yeah. that's okay. You don't have to be those guys. So get rid of that. You were drafted so high. None of that matters anymore. Use the tools and use the position that you're in now to make the best of what your career can be. Be a third or fourth line pain in the ass to play. Yeah. And no one's going to talk shit about you anymore, Jake. Yeah. But as it sits now, now, you won't do it. So yeah, trade him. Whatever. I'm pissed that they spent two and a half million dollars on him instead of allocating that money to Tyler Toffoli. Yeah, I'm I'm done. I'm over it. But Benning says his best is yet to come, but I just don't believe that at all. But it's hard to believe at this point because he doesn't show you reasons to believe. Yeah. He has like a glimpse once every 10 games. You're like, oh yeah, there's Jake's game. He's back, baby. And you're like, mm, next game flop. It's annoying. And and it's the same with Victor Mete. He's an offensive defenseman, but he's undersized. So he played a lot last year in Montreal. They signed better players than him. And now he's bummed because he's a healthy scratch. But he's probably going to be a bottom pairing or scratch defenseman on most teams in the NHL. Yeah. He was a fourth-round pick. Most guys don't pan out to be top four dudes. He doesn't have the size, and he doesn't have – he's not Quinn Hughes, where, like, Quinn's a small boy but he's amazing with the puck. His skating and edge work is fantastic. Mete's not that. Yeah. He's a good skater, but he's not like all world. Yeah, he's exactly. offensively 
better than most defensemen, but he's not lights out good. So yeah. it's just like some guys just wait. Like you're on a – I don't understand a guy like Mete trying to demand a trade when like first of all it's super funny when guys try to demand trades when you're like you're not a star player you don't get to make demands you signed a contract and you're a bottom pair yeah. or scratch defenseman it's like oliver down. it's like oliver ekman larson when he demanded a trade out of arizona yeah and he just he didn't get traded and his agent was like time is up and it was like bro you're not mcdavid but even you're, at least he's like a top yeah. pairing defenseman no. He's like top four defenseman with a shitty cap hit, and he's just underperformed ever since he signed that deal. Like, mm-hmm. dude, you're just you're not a top ten player in the league. Stop saying time is up. No one yeah. wants. No one. Or wants then at least salary. stick your guns and sit out. Don't yeah. be a coward. Yeah. No one don't wants. Play. No one wants what you're getting paid for. You're just not that player anymore. So don't give me the time yeah. is up. Like Victor Mete is like, the- I want out. And it was like, okay, we'll just Great. healthy we'll just healthy scratch you again. We were fine with it earlier. <laughs> yeah, you have no say in this, pal. Yeah. Like so, the way we treat you isn't gonna change how free agents want to come yeah. play in Montreal. The thing I don't understand is one, it's a screwy cap situation this year, right? The cap didn't go up, every team is kind of scrambling, no one really wants to make a lot of moves. And two, it's a weird shortened season. It's like, just shut up, sit in the press box. Get yeah. If an injury happens, you're going to be the first guy in. And just like, it's a weird season. Just take it with its lumps and get into the next offseason. And yeah. if you still don't seem like you're in their plans to be a top six, then make, make noise about it. But like right now, like 12 games into the year, just shut up. Is Bennett and Mete share very similar characteristics or reasons to be traded? And it's because they don't want to be used enough, but I don't think that they're any more than what they are now on any other team. Does that make sense? Bennett yeah, wants like to be I, Bennett wants to be Bennett, not Benning. Bennett what wants to be used Jim more. Benning but wants to be a first line yeah. center. But Bennett's not going to be any more than a top nine forward, and that's what he is in Calgary right now. Like he's a third yeah. line player. He's not going to be. He's not going to be a second line player on any other team. Maybe Detroit. Yeah, like or Ottawa. Someone brings him in, maybe, and like tries him out. Yeah. Like, okay. Maybe he has chemistry or something. Yeah, I just don't think he's going to be playing in a top six role. He just won't. Same with Mete. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a third pairing D-man or a scratch on any other team in the league or a rebuilding team like Ottawa or Detroit. But I'm sure he doesn't want to go there. But, I mean... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm demanding like he, a trade to Florida. Yeah. yeah, or... yeah. So, I just don't think that they're going to be used any more than what they're currently being used on. Like, they're in good situations right now. They're on good teams. Just roll with it. Right? You're going to be in the playoffs... Yeah, like Calgary is mostly probably going to be in the playoffs. Montreal, I think just, they're the third best team in the north. But speaking of Montreal, they just beat Canucks five three. They're three and one against them this year. Three zero and one. Yeah, yeah, three zero and one. Man, they're so good this year. Toffoli has eight goals against us this year. <laughs> so so annoying. <laughs> 
It's just he turns into Ovechkin whenever he plays the Canucks. I'm pretty sure he has like eight He's or like, nine goals. Like, what did goals. you losers not want to resign yeah. me? Watch this. Yeah. Pretty sure he has eight or nine goals this year, and eight of them have been against the Canucks. So either all yeah, or he scored twice tonight. <laughs> I think he scored once, but it said two goals. He scored two tonight. Yeah, two goals and an assist. Oh my god. Woo, Tyler Toffoli, baby. Yeah, he was just yeah, he like, got ten points in nine games, seven goals. That's so dumb. Yeah, let him go. But yeah, you look at Montreal, and the reason why they're so good is they have talent, but they're yeah. deep. They like Tyler Toffoli, Josh Anderson, Nick Suzuki, uh, Jesper Kakaniemi, Paul Byron, Phil Deneau, John Drewen, Brandon Gallagher. Thomas Tatar. And Thomas Tatar is like your top nine. That's amazing. Like that's great. That's tons of talent offensively. Yeah. And solid speed throughout. You're like, yeah. And it's like, yeah, who's on your back end? Like, I don't know, Shea Weber. Yeah, Shea Weber, Joel <laughs> Evanson. This Russian guy roaming up. Oh yeah, Petrie, he's leading he was leading defenseman yeah. in scoring at one point. Yeah, had a goal and an assist tonight. Carey Price is your goalie. You brought in Jake Allen to be your backup, who is a very good backup goalie. Yeah. He's, he's a like fringe a one starter. guy. Yeah, he's a fringe yeah. starter. Now, this could be yeah. uh Yeah, no, Berger. I don't understand why Bergevin's like on the hot seat. I've seen him do nothing but like good trades. Like he signed he traded Pacioretty and he wanted out. Yep. Or they we just didn't want to re-sign him. And he got Nick Suzuki in return and Thomas Tatar. Mm-hmm. And I think he may have gotten a draft pick from them too. Something like that. Yeah, they got a good good haul for him. They moved Max Domi for Josh Anderson. For Josh Anderson. And so far they're winning that trade. Yeah, I think Domi has like two or three points in like nine. Something games. like that. Like he hasn't been brutal, but no, it but has, they needed... hasn't been as good of a fit. They needed a player like Anderson. They needed that grit and grind forward, and they just didn't have mm-hmm. that in Domi. And I think they – Yeah, well, I think Anderson plays with Suzuki and Drew N a lot. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, it makes sense. Josh Anderson is like their JT Miller. Yeah. Less talented, but fills that role, I think. He's like a... We're like, Nick Suzuki is a budding young yeah. star, budding well... young number one centerman. Yeah, and then Jonathan Drouin is kind of proven to be like a fifty to sixty point guy. Yeah, people related Suzuki to Bergeron, so I don't know if that's good, but I heard he's a decent Bergeron. He's gonna be special one day, I tell you. But um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah, Montreal just has good players. Bergeron's done a great job building this team, and they're Mm -hmm. gonna be a threat and. Yeah, ever yeah, they're I'm deep gonna, everywhere. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you this. Ever since Weber, like when that trade happened, mm-hmm. as soon as it happened, I said Montreal won that trade. I'm not even. See, like, I thought at first uh, I was like I was on board PK train. Uh, I mean, I had they no... got to the Stanley Cup Finals in Nashville. You're like pretty good, better than anyone in Montreal's done, but bounced around a bit, and you're like. Now looking at he's like, man, Weber's just I didn't think Weber would be able to like stay that consistent. I'm like I he just, had a few injuries. I thought of it and it was like at the time, 
man, when did that? Yeah, at the time, I was like, Canada's building an Olympic team. Who are they picking, Weber or Subban? They're picking Weber 10 times out of 10. Part of me didn't part of me was hating on Montreal for that trade just because it was like part of it was like oh like character issues with like a fit in the room and yeah. you're like what because PK Subban's like kind of a like flamboyant outspoken black guy <laughs> and you're like well it does not fit in that room uh, we need serious boring hockey players here in Montreal and you're like PK did so much around that city and like and he just constantly got shit on and I was like yeah. fuck you PK Subban's I mean, the man like I loved PK. I just Montreal needed solidified like defense and mm-hmm. PK didn't bring that. He was a wild card on the back end. He would always turn it over and he was the last man back. His skating wasn't like isn't that good. He's not fast, he's not quick. So if he has to change direction, he's going to get beat. He has a cannon of a shot. Like, I'm not going to doubt him on that. And he'll lay he's, a dude out. Yeah. He's explosive. But, like, he was a, he's a good skater. Uh, he's not, like, the fastest guy in the league. But like, I it's think not he, like he's a... He might be nice on his edges, but he's just... Like, I think you can just beat him. Obviously, When not it comes me, to, I'm, like, playing the position of, like, defense, yes. I Shea just Weber. don't... Yeah. So, I think Weber brings in experience uh he brings in like a solid locker room like i think he can really control a team better than pk which i think goes a long way weber is still good on the power play because he has one of the biggest shots in the league Mm -hmm. he's physical he's a big defenseman oh yeah and he's just better defensively so i think he's not as flashy as pk but i think they won the trade hands down I agree now. Yeah. I thought especially PK's younger, right? Yeah. Probably like I five just, years. I just it was something about PK. I just didn't trust him. I like I liked him as a player, but I just didn't think that he was fit. I don't know. It was just something weird. But as soon as it happened, everyone's like Preds fleeced him. Like they got the younger player. And I'm like, but Montreal got the better player. And I like Weber's like at the time early 30s i think it was yeah, like 33 yeah and i'm like he's like old 36 now or 37 but like i don't think he's gonna be out of the league anytime soon no and, i don't think he will either oh. and i just i don't know I, I, i've I always thought I, shea weber was a little bit overrated i think like yeah. he played in nashville and like yeah he was their number one defenseman but like that team just churns out defensemen right and it's like they're, I think he's he's uh, like not a, a flashy line. player. I just think Weber's like a solid defenseman. That's he really is. good. I think to have. I don't know. I've always just like in the back of my mind, it's been like people always talk about like he's like this all-time great, and he's like he's won. He wins gold medal Canada and all yeah. that stuff. But it's like, what's he done in the NHL? Like, has he ever won anything? No. <laughs> so people talk about yeah. this guy, and I'm like, and don't get me wrong. I think no. he's one of the better defenseman in the yeah. entire league but i don't know at the time i was just like it's i think so Suman hard did to have find. the norse at the time too he yeah he have... probably was coming off it like there's just it's harder to find sometimes a guy who has the skill set pk has yeah when compared to a guy like weber like if you're just talking about just on ice like 
how rare is it to find a guy who can play like Subban when Subban was like playing in his prime? Like that's yeah. so hard to find. No, it's that's like true. That dynamic piece where like Weber's just like steady. Yeah. And it, he's no, very enough. good. He's like the best steady defenseman, but it's just like, he's not the straw that stirs your drink. Like yeah. he's like, Oh, he can quarterback our power play. You're like, no, but PK sure can. And now he's on the Devils, and that team's sort of a shit show. But I'm hoping that they can kind of turn it around and get to see some more out of him. But ultimately, like right now, yeah, I would say the the Canadians won that deal. Looking at it now, just because of the play you've been able to get out of Weber, and he's been a great fit there. Yeah, which was I think the biggest thing for them. They needed a better fit. I agree. All right. So that's uh, that's hockey talk right now. Moving on to the big headline, uh, Matt Stafford is Woo-hoo. on is shipped out of Detroit. He's been saved by the L.A. Rams, and Jared Goff, two first round picks and a third round pick, is <laughs> going to Detroit. Where were you, and what was your initial reaction to this trade? I was at home, like everybody is all the time. Yeah. And I just looked down on my phone. And it was just like a buzz from like the athletic or no, it was from one of my uh, like fantasy update apps. <laughs> and yeah. It was just like my fantasy playbook or something. And it was like, boom, like trade, like this is going to happen. And I was like, I hadn't seen it anywhere yet. And I was like, oh, snap, like this just happened. And man, the Detroit Lions, I mean, I think everyone can agree that Jared Goff is a middling quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like he's a he's an NFL quality starter. Yeah, he can have but, like he can go off some games, but yeah, he he's not bad. But I think that trade shows you that it wasn't like the Rams gave up two firsts and a third to get Matt Stafford. They had to give that much up to also attach Jared Goff in that trade. Where it's like, I'm sure Detroit wanted Jared Goff a little bit because he's a starting NFL quarterback for you to like yeah. have while you try and groom someone else, probably with their, I'm assuming with their pick in this draft, they'll probably go for that. But yeah, man, it's wild. I think the Rams, obviously, like year to year, things change in the NFL so much. But if that defense can mostly stay together, then there's no reason why that team can't make a deep run next year. Matt Stafford is very underappreciated. And people always say like, oh, he's a garbage time stats and all this stuff because his team's trash. So it's like, yeah, in the fourth quarter, he threw for 106 yards and two touchdowns, but it it didn't matter because no one, they were already losing by 20. You're like, not like, I know he's played with talented guys his whole career. Like on offense, Detroit's always had talent. Like Calvin their Johnson. defense has never yeah. been able to keep them in games. They're like, well, now he's not going to be asked to put up. He doesn't get, he's not going to have to score 30 points a game for the Rams to win. Yeah, exactly. Because Stafford's proven his offensive stats. Like he has one of, he has one of the strongest arms in the league. Yep. He had the strongest arm in the league at one point, And then guys like, I don't know if you've heard of him, but Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen and who? Baker Mayfield, like they've come into the league and they have really good arms, but Matthew Stafford is still up there. He's not, what is he like? How old is he? How old is Matt Stafford? 
Like Matt Stafford is probably like thirty-three. Yeah, maybe. so that's not the worst. Like you can still get three. He's got like five years left, which is enough time for that team to go on a deep run. Oh, five years is an eternity in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. Most and guys' then, careers aren't even five years long. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the average career length. But anyway, I think my I think it's a win-win for both teams. I initially said Detroit wins. Because they got the draft picks mm-hmm. and they got a competent NFL quarterback and Jared yep. Goff. Like you're an, I, I could throw Jared Goff on my team and be like, okay, I'm good for now. Yeah. Like I'm wouldn't trust him as my future quarterback, but I'm good until maybe I draft I get a good draft pick and I maybe get a trade up for Justin Fields. Like they He's have a good draft- placeholder. That's the word I was looking for, placeholder. Got you. But also Stafford is, I think, the missing, like, gunslinger on that team for, like, guys like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and stuff, so they can go a bit more crazy. Like, they just got a more solidified quarterback. And, yeah, I think it's a win-win for both teams. But I think the biggest winner is Matthew Stafford. <laughs> yeah, right? He's like, I don't want to play her anymore. And they're like, fine. And they're like, we'll trade you. And he's like, where am I trade going? Trade you to and a Super like, Bowl contender. To a team that was just okay. in the playoffs. <laughs> Divisional championship round. Yeah. Yeah, if that can... division should be nuts next year. Like, depending oh, on what man. the Niners end up doing. Like, if Garoppolo comes back or if they try and bring – if Watson goes there. Oh, my God. Yo, if Watson goes to the 49ers, dude. What a Kyler division Murray, for Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford, and Deshaun, and Deshaun Watson. Watson. Oh, yeah, my nuts. gosh. But, no, that uh, that was already one of the better divisions in the NFL yeah, this I year. Yeah, I think it may have been the best. Probably. It was just the Niners that kind of – I think, what were they, like six wins? Yeah, but they were hampered. Their whole defense was injured at one point. Exactly. So, it's so not like they're I've, a bad team. I've, like You can look at that division and be like, I think any team can win this division. And it's yeah, like the, Arizona is still the bottom of it, I think, because it's like their defense kind of trash. Yeah. And then but, it's like Murray was banged up, and you're like, what Murray are we going to get next year? But if you're a last place team at like 10 6, mm-hmm. yeah. Bro, that division <laughs> is insane. It's like the complete opposite of N- the NFC East. Hey, you know what? <laughs> They're doing their best. Yeah. <laughs> they're trying their best they're trying so hard yeah but that division has got a lot more exciting and i'm excited to see what stafford does i'm really happy for him that he's out of detroit and, me too and, i like matt stafford yeah. he's always been like a fun guy but i've had to hate him my whole life yeah so no, you don't have to hate him now i can now i can be like yeah and now i'm even happier because now the lions have a worse quarterback yeah. like, oh this even goes great yeah <laughs> win-win for me baby get to watch talent go to the other side of the exactly so where i don't have to we play them maybe once a year if the schedule allows it yeah otherwise i get golf twice <laughs> Woo! um but uh did we talk about deshaun watson and his trade request last I, think episode? We, I think we talked about it did a we little talk bit about matt stafford's just... trade request I think maybe it was more Stafford because we were trying to figure out like who would be a good fit if they trade him. And I suggested the Washington football team yeah. and that didn't happen. I never, I didn't think it was going to be the Rams. I didn't know if they'd be able to get rid of that. I didn't even, know the, Rams were in, I didn't even know the Rams were in the mix, but right. It was a good and idea. Now it's like, 
you look at it and you go, okay, if a team's now going to trade for Deshaun Watson and you're Houston, you're like, well, if a quarterback's coming back our way, that's a decently paid quarterback, and you they had to send Goff with two firsts and a third, you're like, well, what's Watson going to get? Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, you're going to have to trade. Like, man, your the quarterback. only team I can really think of is Miami makes the most sense. Because you yeah. trade Tua if Houston thinks Tua is good. You're like, he played pretty well. And like, he has the draft pedigree for it, right? He was, he's one year into the league. He was the fifth overall pick. Yeah. Fifth. Yeah. Right in there. If he, if, but if, if he I'm didn't hurt his, a couple, if he didn't hurt his hip, then he could have gone like top three. Yeah, exactly. Right. There was those injury concerns. So the Dolphins could trade Tua with a couple of first round picks. And you're like, okay. Maybe get their fourth overall pick back that they traded for yeah right like Tua and the fourth overall pick with maybe some future pick even then like the fourth and Tua is getting you close to the close to the table yeah and then maybe a future first and a second yeah and because Watson's got a no trade he has to approve where he goes and I think he's already said he wants to go that was the first team that came list right yeah that was the first uh, report that came out when he did request a trade he said I he think, was new york the jets on that list too all i saw was miami but oh, the jets I f- I also make like a lot of sense where it recently was saying that watson like the jets are on his list of like a team he'd go to and in that case it's like yeah you, the jets give up sam darnold with some picks and you're like yeah if the texans think darnold's worth rehabilitating once he gets out from under the curse that is adam gase maybe them yeah. Because honestly, I, I just I, I like Deshaun Watson a lot, and I just want to see him go somewhere where if his team you is dismantled. Draft, say the Jets, they um, trade their second overall pick, Darnold, and like something else. Mm-hmm. There's mocks that they're going to pick the O lineman from Oregon, or Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. If Justin Fields turns out to be a Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Is that a W? For the team that trades that pick away, like, like whoever Texans? drafts Justin Fields, like if the Jets were to mm-hmm. draft Justin Fields and he turns out to be like Deshaun Watson. Yep. Is that a W? I think so because you're going to get pieces back with that pick. Because that... I think Deshaun Watson is like a top four quarterback in the league. Like I think he definitely top six. He had like an MVP year. He had like just over. He may have had close to five thousand yards. Thirty three touchdowns, seven interceptions, and his team was four and twelve. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like he played. Like I agree. I think he is. I don't know if he's top four, but the. Part of it, it's like, it's funny. You look at like two things. It's like one of it's like, look at all those yards. It's like, well, yeah, his team was trailing the entire time. He had to throw the ball. But yeah. you look at only seven interceptions. And you're like, well, it doesn't matter that he threw it so much. Like he wasn't turning the ball over. He had a great year. If his team wasn't garbage, there's a good chance he could have won the MVP this year. Yeah. But it's like, really, who's the quarterbacks like right now that if I need to win a game, I'm, I'll take – Obviously, Patrick Mahomes. I would still take Tom Brady for like a game. 
Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson for sure. And then Deshaun Watson. And then after that, it's like it's the young guys where it's like, yeah, Watson's probably at the top of that list. And if you're building, if you're trading for a guy like Deshaun, he's 25, which means yeah. I'll take him over. The only quarterbacks that right now that I would take to like for the next five years of my franchise, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. I'm probably taking Russell Wilson still. Yeah. And then after that, you're like, it's kind of wide open because Brady's too old. Rogers, maybe. You're like, does he have four or five years left in him? Like, he's probably got at least a couple years left. Yeah. But are you going to hitch your wagon to like for five years to somebody? And then after that, it's like, yeah, I guess Watson. So you're trading away a top five talent. You better get. So if you make, if you trade him away and you get like to the Jets and you got Fields out of it and Fields turned into someone like Watson. As long as his turnaround was like a two years and he was playing well, and you're gonna get other pieces back in that deal, then yeah, you get rid of a guy who doesn't want to be there, which is not good. Like, it's not just like a player that's really good on your team. Like, if if Tyron Matthew didn't want to be in Kansas anymore, you're like, yeah, he's very good. He's a great safety, but it's like it's okay to like have a little drama with him and trade him away and whatever, right? Make him play for yeah. When it's your quarterback, you're like your unquestioned leader of your team. Yeah. Is like, I don't want to be here anymore. It's like, you have to get rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't hold on to a guy like that and be like, it's fine. Like, no, it's not. That's going to spread through your room so yeah. fast. He is the guy. JJ Watt already hates your whole team. He's probably I'm gone. I'm pretty sure he requested. Um, yeah, he wants out trade too. as well. Yeah, which yeah, can you blame his the guy? In the middle of the yeah, yeah. He probably to wants back. to go to a, like a contender. Like, just put me on a top team for something. Yeah, give me a chance. Yeah, I don't know. But. I think Watson, the team I saw, like they hired a new coach or a new GM, and they're like, "Yeah, Watson's not going anywhere." And it's like, I understand. I just think it's positioning. You're just saying that so like teams are going to offer you more. Because if you come out and you're like, yep, we're open and we're looking to trade Deshaun Watson, then you're like, people know you're going to move them and they're not going to give you as much. Yeah, because the coach of GM said we're not um, looking to trade Watson. Dude, he wants out of your organization. Like he doesn't want to be there. Poorly run organization. Yeah, he doesn't want to be there anymore. It doesn't matter if you're not interested. He yeah. doesn't want to be there. Do you know how much you can get in return if Stafford just went for a starting quarterback, like a competent starting quarterback who was in top five MVP voting the year Mahomes won, even though no yeah. one was going to win that besides Mahomes. But anyway, like he had an MVP caliber year or MVP-like year. You got two first-round picks and a third-round pick for Matt Stafford. Deshaun Watson yeah. is better than Stafford. What do you yeah, think? A better quarterback coming back or a like better pick? Like you're wasting Watson's career for a like you're not doing anything in the next probably ten years because I don't trust Houston to do anything. Plus, so, they don't have their like they're missing a bunch of picks because they trade yeah. all the picks away to try and contend. Ten, but then you trade it away like man so if there was not, ever a team that you needed to just like undo a bunch of moves to yeah 
so i honestly like i agree with you and i think i was was that um the dolphins make the most sense try to get a high draft pick get a young quarterback in Tua, and maybe a couple because dolphins have draft capital i'm pretty sure and yep. so do the jets so those two teams and i like sam darnold i don't think he was the problem in new york it was definitely adam gase and darnold yeah he threw some misthrown balls but he showed flashes of being well that's the thing i think like if you're... a jared goff like quarterback where he can yeah like an okay guy like a placeholder Maybe so, maybe he can be more. Maybe he is what we thought he. Maybe he is what he looks like in yeah. New York. But if you're the Texans and you look at him, you're like, I think we can get more out of this guy. Like if they have the if you can get the second overall pick from the Jets, like that's <laughs> it's hard to get the second overall pick. Yeah, it's <laughs> very it, hard. Right to get rid of a guy who doesn't want to be on your team anymore. Like and then maybe the Jets don't want to give that pick up. Maybe they're happy to keep Darnold and go but I don't know if you're a team that can make a, if you're on the list of teams that Deshaun Watson will go to unless you have a guy who's already in the top 10 of the league you should 100% of the time make that deal no matter who you think you're getting in the draft like let's who is it it's the Jags with the number number one pick right yeah if Deshaun Watson too. said I want all he's like I'll accept a trade to Jacksonville and Jacksonville, but they're like, you have to give us the first overall pick. It's like, if you're Jacksonville, it's like, yeah, everyone's saying that Trevor Lawrence is a can't miss generational talent. Oh my God. He's so great. He's going to be so, so good. It's like, but you don't know that. Yeah. You know, Deshaun Watson is a top four to six, six. quarterback in the league. Like, and yeah. there's not a shadow out past that. It's like, it's the hardest position to fill in sports. <laughs> like there's no team game where it's like one position matters. One player matters so much as a quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. And if you can get a guy who is 25 years old, which means barring injury, he has a decade or more of football left, at least 10 years of like high level football play ahead of him. Cause it's not like he's, relying on running every time yes like lamar jackson i worry that like maybe he's not going to play for 10 years because he runs so much he'll take a couple bad hits maybe a concussion maybe break something who knows but watson's not that guy so you i would give everything if the packers had the first overall pick and we didn't have aaron Rodgers, and even if we did if they said that if he would come to green bay and they were like we want a first round pick and if we had the sixth overall pick and they were like we want your sixth and Aaron Rodgers I would probably say yeah do it because Aaron Rodgers only has a couple years left and Watson he's has, one of the best quarterbacks ever yeah. Watson has, so Watson has a maybe 15 yeah <laughs> yeah right if guys keep playing longer and longer it's like maybe he plays till 40 like Brady I don't yeah. know like with the amount of but training and like all the care uh, we have and stuff body. like that yeah, you know, like maybe he buys the TB12 method yeah. off Tom Brady. Exactly. But, Once Brady retires and he gives yeah. it up, it was just steroids the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't understand why. I'm obviously there's phone calls going on between these GMs every day, and that 
I'm sure there's something kind of brewing a little bit, but yeah. man, if we get to, if we get to September and he hasn't been, even if we get to the draft and he hasn't been traded, I will be floored. I will be floored as well. All right, dude. Um, we are now to the main event. Super Bowl 55 of the evening. I've lost track of what number it is. Yeah, I don't. It's, it's all Roman year 2021 and it's the Super Bowl, baby. You know what? There's a couple X's and B's and yeah. L's. Let's start making it Super Bowl 70. Let's just get yeah, it. Yeah, Super Bowl 70. On. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. 70 now. Yeah, Super Bowl 70 uh, featuring Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs versus Tampa Bay and Mr. Tom Brady. The Tampa Bay, goat. yeah, the goat himself, um, old goat versus new goat. Yeah, what are you looking forward to in this game? Uh, I'm not looking forward show. to anything, obviously. <laughs> uh, I, I hate that the Packers didn't make it, I hate the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I don't even like the Chiefs because <laughs> they're already too great and it takes away from the greatness that is Aaron Rodgers. But if I had to choose, I hope the Chiefs win. I also think the Chiefs are going to win this game. I think Tampa Bay has a chance. They're a good good team. But I think so much has to go right for Tampa to win this game that it's just like the odds are so much slimmer. Like the Kansas City Chiefs have won 25 of their last 27 games. Yes. One of those losses was to a mean – did you say 25 of their last 27? Oh, I thought you said 29 of their last 27. And I was That's like, right. that, that, doesn't, that, good. <laughs> that doesn't check out. <laughs> yeah, they've won 25 out of their last 27 games. And one of those games was to the Chargers in week 17 that they didn't play their starters in. So really, they've gone uh, 25 out of their last 26 meaningful football games. They are there's so a few. Good. There's a few close ones in there. Oh, of course, but I uh, think it's like 18 biters. of those wins. 18 of those wins were by a touchdown or more. Yeah, that's good. And they could have put and... more on Tampa earlier in the year, but Tyreek Hill had 200 yards and two touchdowns in the first half, and Patrick Mahomes had almost 400 yards in the first half. So I'm pretty Was sure. Was that the they... game when Tyreek Hill went off for like 260 yards and three touchdowns? Yeah, and he had 200 of them yeah. in the first half. Yeah. <laughs> So I think they took their foot off the gas just a little bit because they put up like a 40 mm-hmm. spot. But yeah, they're a very good team. And they can literally yeah. do whatever they want on the football field. So here's here's what Tampa Bay, in my eyes, has to do if they're gonna win this game. For Kansas City to win this game, they just have to play like they always play. Right? Yeah. Just Keep doing what you're doing, guys. It's obviously working. Throw those For soft eight-yard curls to Travis Kelsey. And, you know, that yeah, play is so overpowered for them. That play so over <laughs> – he just – he just Kelsey just runs six yards, curls. Patrick Mahomes just dumps yeah. it to him, and he runs another Ooh. 10. And then they yeah. throw a little pitch or what's the – Shovel pass? Pass or whatever, or the jet sweep. Mm-hmm. McCall Hardman and he mm-hmm. runs 40 yards. It's like, yeah, they're so overpowered in so many ways. Yeah. But and just when I you think they're just dinking and dunking, then yeah. Tyreek Hill busts one off for 60 yards and yeah. touchdown. But uh if Tampa Bay is gonna win 
the cliche is obviously like, well, you know, time of possession. You got to try and keep keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. But that doesn't work because they, they can, can score, score four times in 40 three seconds. Minutes, right? yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so it's like you on the defensive side of the ball for Tampa Bay, you, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett have to win the battle at the line of scrimmage and put pressure on Patrick Mahomes all game long. They cannot let up yeah. or any of that shit because if they don't, then he's just that you can't stop the chiefs unless you have this like magical dominant defense. Maybe you have a chance, but yeah, the bucks defense isn't good enough to like, just stop them. So you have to pressure him and hope he makes a couple mistakes on the offensive side of the ball where really more pressure is going to be on the bucks. I think for the game, because everyone like there's no way the bucks are going into this game planning for like, we're going to stop the chiefs from scoring. We're going to hold them to 15 points. Like there's just, there's no way any realistic coach is scheming for that. Right. They're going to scheme to try and contain, to try and keep the, the chiefs from scoring less than 28 points. Yeah. Right. So if you're the bucks, you have to, and it's not even about winning the battle of like field position because you could have the chiefs hemmed in on their own five. It doesn't matter. All of a sudden they're at midfield two plays later. And you're like, what happened? You're like, I don't know. Someone caught the ball and Patrick Mahomes did great stuff. <laughs> the Bucks cannot settle for field goals. No. And they if they're going to go for a field goal, they need to make sure they are kicking what is a very high percentage field goal. Yeah. Like you cannot go for a 50 yard field goal against the chiefs, because if you miss that, now you've got them right there. They're going to, there's no way they're not going to get points. Mostly like they have to score on, let's say they have, let's say they try and run the ball and they want to like time a possession, like wind the clock down. So the chiefs have less time. So let's say they have eight to 10 possessions in the game, the bucks, even if you get some field goal, that's okay. But you need to score on at least seven of those nine possessions. Like you need to score almost every time you have the ball because even if you have the lead at some point in the game it is not safe look at what who played the chiefs what was it two years ago was it the houston they were up they were no houston was up or houston houston was up 24 nothing and they lost 50 to 24 (laughs) right it just doesn't matter so the bucks that's the thing like it was tied at halftime with no like 24 nothing for Houston with like 3 minutes left in the second quarter yeah. and it was 24-24 at half so they put yeah, up 24 points like, they put up 24 points in 3 minutes and then it was yeah. 50 to 24 and then it was a rout yeah so that's i don't know man like the bucks obviously like they're a very talented football team you have talent on both sides of the ball tom brady still getting it done but if the Bucks play the way they played against the Packers, the Chiefs are going to clean their clocks. The yeah. Packers, everything went wrong for them when they had the ball. Like there was some turnovers they didn't take advantage of. They couldn't punch it in the red zone on multiple occasions. Like, do you think the Kansas City Chiefs are those mistakes will happen? 
Like, not a chance. Yeah, no chance. The Chiefs, yeah, like, the Chiefs to win this game, just keep doing what you're doing. As long as, like, everything goes according to your game plan, you're probably going to win. For the Bucks, yeah. a lot of stuff has to go right. Yeah. Um, for Tampa, I think they can't have games, like, against the Saints or early on against the Chiefs where they're going out where their first three possessions are three and outs. Like you just, you, you can't have that happen. You need to, you need to get going early, whether that's you take seven minutes off and you score a touchdown. Like you, like you said, like time of possession, but obviously it doesn't matter. So you just need to take big chunks at a time, but you need to score on each of them. You can't just drive for eight minutes or I'm using big increments, but you drive for, four and a half minutes mm-hmm. right you take some time off and then if you punt like what was that for like yeah you took some time yeah, off, nothing. but you punted you need to at least get yep. some points but you can't rely on field goals to win you need to get in the end zone to beat this team you have to and go for it on fourth down a lot <laughs> yes one if it's fourth and four on the 50 you need to you need to go for it you have no trust if you just punt it away yeah, you can hope to pin them close, but it doesn't matter for this team. They throw dink and dunks all the time. They're extremely good at executing that. They're going to mm-hmm. give themselves enough room to stretch the ball even more downfield. But with the speed that they have, they can throw it three yards and let the athletes they have on the outside do the rest. Right? Mm-hmm. So Tampa really needs to get going early, and I think – I'm not even going to say that their cornerbacks need to do good because their receivers, Hardman and Tyreek, they're almost unguardable with the speed that they have. So I'm not even going to bring that up, right? Murphy Bunting, just pray you get lucky. Just just hope. My big thing is, like you said, their defensive line needs to stay at a steady pace the whole game. They can't, come, like, yeah, come out hot but make sure it's at a rate that you can sustain throughout the whole game because as soon as you let off any pressure that Mahomes has seen, then he's going to be licking his lips and just going to feast on your defense. But I think the X factor is Devin White. He needs to be smart this game. He can't be guessing. He can't be cheating any throws because then that's when Mahomes will jump on it. He needs to try and pin Kelsey in that little soft spot that I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. But it's just Casey's an offense is nearly impossible to game plan around because I swear they say three plays at the line and then just be like, hey, this we'll match three plays together and we'll just see what happens. And yeah. then they just make it work. So, yeah, Devin White, I think, is the X factor. He needs to solidify the middle of the field and really conduct that linebacking core to stick to their guns. But yeah, Tyreek Hill is nearly, he just runs past everyone. So I'm not even going to, there's honestly good luck to you. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, so if they decide they want to try and take away a weapon, right? So like what the chiefs did against the bills are like, like, you know what, we're just going to try and take away digs. Mostly successful. So if the Bucks are like, okay, 
we are just going to take away Tyreek Hill. So we are going to always have a safety over top, kind of like always roaming near him. We're going to press and play man. It's like there's always going to be two guys on him trying to shut him down. Okay, cool. They're like, well, now there's nine other guys on the field. It's like you now can't double Kelsey. And it's like now they're going to run weird sweeps. They're going to do all this yeah. other stuff. So it's just they that's what I mean when like Tampa has to play a perfect game on defense. You can't like you can't have a play like against the Packers when the Bucks when Scotty Miller just runs past you for yeah. like if Tyreek Hill just runs or Michael Hardman just runs past uh safety because he's like just sh- playing like trash, then you're gonna lose that game. Like you can't afford any big plays like that because it's hard enough to stop them in their regular offense. It's almost just going to be a game of zone against Tyreek. Like, just hopefully you're in the general area. But then mm -hmm. he'll just throw – Don't miss your tackles. He'll throw an eight-yard slant, and then Tyreek will just run it out. Bust it out. Yeah. So you may as well just be playing now. It's really impossible. This is the – because defensively, they're decent. And what makes them better is uh, their coordinator is – Steve Spagnolo, I think. Spagnolo, whatever his name yeah. is. Um, he's a creative kind of like guy, and he he gets to play with no strings because he can gamble on a weird pressure or this and that. And if they get beat and the other team scores, he's not worried because he knows that the offense can go out there and score. Right? So it's like he knows that like it's okay if we get beat a couple times. You he doesn't, I don't think the Chiefs care at all all about yardage right like you can tom brady can throw for 500 yards on sunday chiefs don't care because all that matters is on a drive can the chiefs get a big play and make you lose yardage right a blitz that takes you six yards back and now it's third and 16 you're like well now you're screwed because good luck converting a third and 16 most of the time yeah so if per drive, that's, that's one of the things that makes the Chiefs so good is that their offense is so good, like so much better than everybody else in the league that their defense can just run and gun and just like throw some wild shit out there because if they get burnt, they get burnt. Yeah. Well, Patrick Mahomes is just going to come out onto the field next and what's that? I barely had time to sip my Gatorade. We already scored. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. Offense is off the field. Boys, defense, let's go again. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So it's like, man, I don't know. I Obviously, there's a world where the, where the Bucks win this game. I can see them winning. You've made it to the, you've made it to the Super Bowl. You're yeah. one of the best teams in the league. You have, you have more talent on offense than the Chiefs do, yeah. technically. Like, Mahomes is way better than Brady at this point in their careers. Oh. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it's like Tyreek Hill, okay. Uh, Mike Evans, you're like, okay, let's Red say Tyreek Hill's better than Mike Evans. Red zone, Mike's way better. They're like, let's even give them that. So you're like, okay, but then like Antonio Brown, like in, as far as receivers go, Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin are miles better than Nicole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson. And he's not even playing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> so it's like, maybe. So it's like there, and it's like, obviously Travis Kelsey is better than your tight ends, but your tight ends are no slouches. Yeah. Running backs. Tampa's got better running backs. 
Fournette and Ronald Jones, they're better than Clyde Edwards Hilaire's been this year. Yeah, and Damian Williams. Who's not playing this year? Daryl Williams. Oh, is it Daryl Williams? Damian was their starter last year and then he got hurt or didn't play this year if something happened. What's with the D Wills on that team, hey? Double D Will, baby. <laughs> but it's just like so Tampa has that and they have like their what sucks for Tampa Bay is their, their strength on defense is their run block. And Kansas City doesn't need to run the ball yeah. super effectively. So it's like they will run the ball because Andy Reid's a smart coach. So he's like, well, yeah. we'll keep running to like open up the rest of our playbook so you don't know we're only going to throw. But it's not like the Pats – the Pats are very beatable in the secondary. You're like, well, who are you playing? You're like, a team with the best quarterback in football maybe ever. <laughs> so he's just like – if I had to like put a percentage on it, I would give the – Kansas City Chiefs an 85% chance to win the game on Sunday. Yeah. It's like 15% is not nothing, but it's definitely a lot less. You got to do everything right to, like, have a chance. No, he's writing something on the whiteboard. Don't know what it is. Can't see. Very intrigued. Everyone, go follow social media at leftsideheavy.thepod on Instagram. It'd be very helpful <laughs> while this guy draws a whiteboard. Sorry for the people who can't, uh, who are only listening to this, but oh, I've man. drawn a graph, <laughs> and it's the chance I think Kansas City has to win the game versus the chance I think Tampa Bay has to win the game. And you can see here that this is not nothing. Not nothing right there, but it also over here much better, and that's just the science <laughs> behind it. Everybody, Kansas City Chiefs much better chance, much better <laughs> to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with their chance here is not nothing, but it's much better. And it's not nothing. And that is how you break sports down for toddlers. <laughs> Explain it to me like I'm five. <laughs> yeah. What is, uh, you'll know, what is the scene in the office when Creed... I was that, that's, Or, no, it was like when Oscar's describing uh, his debt or yeah. whatever. Or what, um, what is it? It's a surplus. What when Oscar's describing to Michael what a surplus is, and he's like, "All right, describe, uh, too describe much it money. To me, describe it to me like I'm six. He's like, "All right." Starts telling him. He's like, "Now describe it to me like I'm five. Yeah. <laughs> bow body. Yeah, bow body. What bow does the, body? What does the first B stand for? Bow body. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's how I think the game's gonna go. Well, thank you for the visual. I really needed You're that. welcome. I, uh, you know, it's a multifaceted pod here. I don't want to be a one-trick pony of a guest. I want you to <laughs> be like, why do we want to bring Corey back on? What's he going to bring to the table this time? Today, it was graphs. Next time, balloon animals? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Who knows? But uh, do you, uh, did you see any of the player props for this game? I was on play now 
and uh, there was some, it was like player props. I didn't see a ton of, it was a bunch of random stuff. It was like, obviously the biggest prop bet in Super Bowl. If it's not number one, it's usually number two. What color Gatorade? Yeah. What color Gatorade is going to get dumped on the coach of the winning team for the Super Bowl? I think the highest, like the most likely was orange. Yeah, and that's what I was there was guess. There was lemon lime. There's yellow, orange, yellow, awesome. purple, and I think red. I think. I feel like red's too predictable, mm-hmm. but maybe that's why they'll use red. Maybe. I, I, I looked up last year for the Chiefs, and it was orange last year. So it's like, do they have the same one all the time? Do they change it up a lot? Who's yeah. in charge of deciding the color? Yeah. I looked at uh, – I saw one, and I was kind of intrigued by it, and it was Tom Brady pass attempts. Okay. And is that 40 and a half? Whew. I like the over mm-hmm. because he's going to have to go shot for shot with Mahomes. Man, and if Brady's throwing over 40 passes, the Bucks are probably in trouble, though. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. But, like, if there's a good chance that he's going to be doing slants, checkdowns, mm-hmm. this, that, he might have to throw it downfield if they're down by two scores. Like, he's not going to – have to run the ball all the time and he's huge in checkdowns. So that's why I was like, I kind of like that, but also 43 year old thrown over like 41 times. That's bad news. That arm's going to start to, yeah, start to, but lessen. also, oh no, oh, ducks. But okay. also, I was like, I also like don't hate it. He might throw like under, but near 40 mm-hmm. times. Yeah. So well, he might no throw way like he's throwing 30. less than 30. He might throw like 38 times or he might throw 25 times, but then he also might have to throw 48 times. Like, yeah, I just you okay. don't know. We should let's pick, let's, let's pick a couple. I'm going to, I'm going to scroll through. These are all kind of dumb props. Okay. Just more fun. Right. So we'll go color of liquid color of the sports drink that gets dumped out. You got orange, red slash pink, Yellow slash green slash like lemon limey, purple, clear or blue. Lemon lime. You're a lemon lime. I honestly, I'm gonna go. I'm going orange. I think it's gonna be orange again. It's you won with it last year. You're gonna stick to it. It's you don't want to jinx yourself. We got coin toss, easy one, classic. Heads or tails, what wins the initial coin toss? I'm going tails because it never fails. <laughs> I'll go heads. You're going heads? Okay. Uh, what will be said first, COVID or pandemic? I'll let you go first on this one. I am going to say COVID. I am also going with COVID. All right. Let's go. <laughs> okay, here's one. I'll go first on this one. How many times will Bill Belichick be mentioned? More than once or less than once? More than once. I am also. It's the it's the heavier favorite. I'm also going more than once. Let's go with let's see with one that have. Okay, here's a dumb one. The coach 
to have their nostrils seen first, like pulling the mask down, during the game? Bruce Arians or Andy Reid? Andy Reid. I'm going Bruce. Oh, he is red. He's so blustery. <laughs> but, so, but Andy Reid. Yeah, maybe he pulls it out to talk. So it's like you're going to see the nostrils like he, first. He, he pulls it a lot. But also mm-hmm. sometimes, like, Bruce wears the face shield, so sometimes he's not wearing the mask all the time. True. I don't know what's going to happen. I'll, I'll stick with my... Uh... Stick with Andy? Yeah. You're going Bruce? Yeah. Okay, let's go with one more dumb one. The main color of the headband that Patrick Mahomes is going to wear. The I'll read them in order of the betting favorite for you. Red, black, gray, or white? I think Casey's wearing their red jerseys. So I'm going to say white. I am going to go black. All right. I have them written down. Yeah, we'll go two real football ones to finish this off. And they're simple. It is the Chiefs' first touchdown scorer. Hill, Kelsey, Hilaire, Hardman, Watkins, Mahomes, Le'Veon Bell. Or you can say the defense, if you think the defense scores first. I'm going to say Kelsey. You're going Kelsey for them? I am going – I'm going with – so this doesn't have to be first score of the game. It's no, just it's Kansas, that first, Kansas touchdown. first touchdown. Yeah. I'm going to go with Tyreek. I also think like a Mikkel Hardman isn't a bad choice because they like mm-hmm. to run a lot of jet sweeps in the red zone. Some sneaky, stupid thing. And then you get for the Bucks, same thing. First touchdown for the Bucks. Evans, Fournette, Godwin, Brown, Jones, Gronk, Scotty Miller, Cameron Bray. I'm going to say Godwin. I'm going to go Antonio Brown. Ooh. I was really leaning towards Fournette. Mm-hmm. I was thinking Evans, but I'm going going the other way. Um, but, yeah, I was like, I don't know. I just think – I think Godwin's going to lose his drop. Mm-hmm. Um, lose that case of the yips yeah case of the yips yep. he's gonna lose it and i think this is his redemption tour i heard if you don't game. use it you lose it yeah so that's that's good all right we'll finish this episode off with a couple score predictions okay and yeah you can go first because okay, yeah, yeah. i'm still trying to figure or like you can if it's like within ah just you want a final total of like points scored or like no give me what you think give me blank to blank what you think it'll be okay uh hold on a second let me i gotta do some math really fast here because i can't do it in my head and the whiteboard doesn't add it for me either oh Um, stupid whiteboard i know white boys man It's so hard to bet against Tom in the Super Bowl. 
but it's also how do you bet against the Chiefs? You know what I mean? Yeah, I uh, I wouldn't bet against the Chiefs. Tom Brady's a loser. No, he isn't. Take that back right now. <laughs> you shut your mouth when I'm talking <laughs> to you. Shut that dumb little face of yours. We're going with going a weird on. score. I don't know how we're going to get there. What you got going on there? 38-30 for Kansas City. All right. So it's a game. I don't think they're going to blow them out of the water. I think it would be super funny if the uh, Bucks had a 28-3 to lead at some point. <laughs> <laughs> and lost the game. Like, take that, Tom Brady. I was that's a, I was really scared against Green Bay when they had that lead and Green Bay was kind of coming Looking back like trash and then I was like oh we're maybe we're gonna win yeah that was yeah. terrible for and me I was like maybe Tom Brady gives up the lead now I was in a glass case of emotions but what are you doing are you going with with your gut or your heart I am going with my heart oh Tom Brady win think... one more for me. Little it's gonna be I don't want my heart to be heavy on the left side heavy podcast. I think it's gonna be 35-31 for Tampa. The Tampa Bay Cuccaneers. Yeah. 35-31. Tampa. Wow. I just like I hate betting against Tom Brady and then having to cheer for him. It's like, what do I want? Do I want my money or do? But so I'm putting all my Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl this year again, back to back. Putting all my eggs in one basket. I think Tom Brady's gonna. The Chiefs are the new New England Patriots. I know, I know they are. There's just every year you should expect them to at least be in the conference championship. Yeah, at least. Yeah. yeah, the the AFC is going to be theirs for, I think, as long as Mahomes is there. So for the next ten years. <laughs> yeah. Right. Gosh. So young, so yeah. talented. Such All right, Corey, hair. we're going to sign off. Uh, plug your Twitter and what you're working on, and where people can find it. All right. Well, this week is a story about a musician who has turned to painting during COVID because he can't get together together with his band um so he has turned that to his uh, creative outlet to you know express himself and his inner demons so that's the tv story i got coming up this week you can check me out at twitter.com at latondra underscore l-e-t-e-n-d-r-e underscore twitter.com come and find me come check out the the stuff i'm working on each week it's always changing and it's always a lot of fun. That's awesome. That's my guy, Corey, right there. You can follow me at Jevin.LaFave on Instagram. Follow the podcast at leftsideheavy.thepod. I'm also on Twitter at JevinLaFave and at SideHeavy. That's LaFave, L-E-F-E. B as in Bob, V as in Victor, R-E. Subscribe and download the episodes. Helps me a lot. And it goes a long way. So I appreciate it. Corey, thanks again for joining me. Happy to, buddy. We love you. (laughs) We'll see you, bud. Thank you.